The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. And join us on a day where Limerick have been crowned All-Ireland Champions. Reaction to come from Limerick after their fantastic performance against Waterford. We'll talk to Valerie Wheeler, who's in Croke Park, about that game in just a little bit. Also on the show, going to talk to Bobby O'Dwyer, the Cork minor footballers prepared to face Kerry in Tralee this coming Tuesday. And we have reaction as well from Kilkenny. They were crowned All-Ireland Camogie Champions last night after their win over Galway. And we'll begin our preview of the All-Ireland Ladies Football Championship Final Court taking on Dublin this day week in Croke Park. We're going to talk to Martin O'Brien and to Kira O'Sullivan on the show this evening. Going to keep you up to date. The Premier League not looking too good for Liverpool at the moment. Get your details on that shortly. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Corks Red FM. My name's Rory here with you until 7pm this evening, 0868104106 if you want to get in touch with us on the show via text or WhatsApp this evening. Fulham leading Liverpool by a goal to nil, 73 minutes on the clock there at Craven Cottage in front of a couple of thousand fans as well. Fulham doing particularly well in that game, we'll get you a report on that one a little bit later. It's all about Glimmerick though. They were crowned the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Champions today for the second time in three years as they beat Waterford today by 11 points in a clinical, clinical performance this afternoon that second half performance was something else from Limerick uh, they just had too much for Waterford uh, just three points in it at the break and then was to tear away in the second half they were fantastic and fully deserved to be crowned All-Ireland champions today uh, on that scoreline of 30 points to 19 and the curtain raiser Antrim beating Kerry 22 points to 117 in the Joe McDonough Cup final. He previewed that game with uh, Aidan Leahy yesterday. I was texting him afterwards today. Disappointed, he said Kerry left it behind them a little bit. And uh, they did their chances, but it was Antrim who won out in the end anyway by two points. Elsewhere today in the Premier League, as I mentioned, Fulham a goal up on Liverpool. Uh, Bobby Reid with the goal for the home side after 26 minutes. Elsewhere today, finished all square between Crystal Palace and Tottenham. Guy Swindles was at Selhurst Park. Crystal Palace won, Spurs won. Thoroughly entertaining match for the most part in driving rain in South London. Spurs taking the lead through Harry Kane's long-distance shot in the 23rd minute. Bit of a fumble for Vicente Guita in the Palace goal. But in the end, Palace had him to thank for the point with a wonderful save in time added on. Nine minutes from time, Geoffrey Schlupp had fired home from a couple of yards, a deserved equaliser after all Palace's second-half pressure. Palace won, Spurs won. Elsewhere, Southampton beating Sheffield United 3-0, Alan Lewis. It's finished, Southampton 3, Sheffield United 0. Southampton up to third for the time being after a comfortable victory. Ings, Vestergaard and Romeo all went close before Shea Adams finally broke the deadlock in the first half. Sheffield United looked better after the break. John Egan went close, but Stuart Armstrong's deflected shot gave the home side a two-goal cushion. They never looked like surrendering. James Ward-Prowse and Ings could have added to the tally before substitute Nathan Redmond made it three after a neat one-two with Oriol Romeo. United remain rooted to the bottom of the table, just one point, a tough relegation battle ahead of them. Southampton three, Sheffield United nil. Yeah, not looking too good for Sheffield United at the moment. Their boss is Chris Wilder. They've just got to keep going. We can't just keep talking about it and me believing it. They've got to produce performances and give me something to, to believe in as well because from our point of view, we're not showing anywhere near individually and as a, as a, as a team what, what, what we have and, and can produce Elsewhere Southampton boss Ralph Hassenhuttle has said it's great to see fans back in grounds I was definitely having a few, few tears in my eyes because it's a moment where it's different it's absolutely different to win in front of them and if it's only 2,000 but it's amazing the atmosphere you could feel how much they enjoy watching us yeah, it's strange seeing fans back in grounds after such a long time away. Uh, two games uh, tonight. Arsenal taking on Burnley. That is uh, 7.15. Joshua Adudonka is at the Emirates. It's Arsenal's worst start to a league season since 1981 as the pressure increases on manager Mikel Teta as they look to end a run of three straight home defeats and bounce back from last weekend's 2-0 derby loss. For Burnley, it's one win in ten. They're yet to win away from home but will be encouraged by Arsenal's poor form as well as getting a good point against Everton last time out. Both need a win, desperately. 
Elsewhere, Leicester taking on Brighton at quarter past seven. Kesh Rukhani is at the King Power Stadium. Leicester finally got back to winning ways last weekend against Sheffield United. They followed that up with a win over AEK Athens in the Europa League and are now looking for a third straight victory in all competitions. James Madison is expected to return for this one. As for Brighton, they come off the back of defeat to Southampton and are set to be without Adam Lallana once again. Leicester huge favourites going into this one, but they've had several surprise defeats at home and won't be taking anything for granted. Elsewhere today in Scotland, Celtic had a 2-0 win over Kilmarnock. Rangers' superb form uh, continued today. They were 2-1 winners at Dundee United. They've yet to lose in any competition in this campaign. They're 13 points ahead of Celtic in the Premiership, albeit Celtic have played two games fewer elsewhere, as Stephen Jarrett says, was a, a gritty performance. It's another big win, and um, you've got to come to places like this and show a different side of you. And um, hopefully we'll look back on results like this uh, come the end of the season and, and be even more prouder of them. Penalty for Liverpool. Just want to see what happens here. There's a free kick from an Aldam. There's a handball in the wall. The referee points to the spot. And uh, that is going to be a penalty for... Ah, it looks harsh enough. The rules are the rules, though. Any contact with the hand in the box, it's a penalty. So that is going to be a penalty for Liverpool. 78 minutes on the clock at Craven College. Liverpool have been far from their best today. Um, but they are... Uh, going to be having a chance here now to make it one apiece here Mo Salah will step up uh, to take the penalty we'll stick uh, with this one to see if he can uh, stick it uh, for Liverpool as uh, he goes up against Areola in the Fulham goal he's uh, stepping up he's eyeing up referee just tidying up a few things here and uh, Mo Salah waiting to take this penalty and uh, all the Fulham fans behind the goal trying to put Mo Salah off as he steps up to take the penalty. Left footed, big wide one up and oh, squirts under the keeper's arms. Not the best of penalties, but Mo Salah won't mind. Fulham won, Liverpool won, 78 minutes there on the clock at Craven Cottage. Elsewhere today in rugby, Munster in action today. They're taking on Harlequins in the Champions Cup and uh, let us score from there is Harlequins are leading. They've just gotten a try. So Harlequins are currently leading uh, by five points to three. Uh, we'll keep you up to date on that one, but it's uh, Munster uh, training Harlequins uh, as things stand at the moment. Elsewhere, Connacht beaten 26 to 22 by Racing. That was in Paris. Uh, good performance today by Connacht just uh, coming up short in the end. In golf, from 15 under par, England's Matthew Fitzpatrick won the DP World Tour Championship in Dubai today by single shot. Graham McDowell withdrew from the competition on Friday. He was the only uh, Irish interest. Uh, that try for Harlequins actually has been uh, overruled there was a forward pass in the build up to that try so I let Munster let off the hook there so Munster leading Harlequins by 3 points to nil. and in motorsport today world champion Lewis Hamilton completing this season with a third place finish at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix Rebels Max Verstappen winning the race Hamilton's Mercedes teammate Valtteri Bottas finished in second place now we have a 25 euro voucher to give away with thanks to our friends at Supermax today to enter the competition, all you have to do is text 0868104106 and text us or WhatsApp us. Uh, your name, the answer to this simple question. Well, simple if you're paying attention today. How many points did Limerick score in today's All-Ireland final? I mentioned it about three minutes ago. Who, how many points did Limerick score in today's All-Ireland final? 0868104106. You can win a 25-euro vote with thanks to our friends at Supermax. Visit supermax.ie. We'll draw out the winner just before 7 o'clock, before the end of the show. Going to go to Valerie Wheeler in Croke Park in just a little bit. Going to hear from the victorious uh, Limerick side as well after that phenomenal performance today in the All-Ireland final 30 points to 19. They beat Waterford and a superb second half from John Kiley's men. So we're going to hear from Valerie in just a bit. I'm going to talk to Bobby O'Dwyer next ahead of Cork and Kerry in the minor football championship in Tralee on Tuesday. But going to go to Craven College where Andrew Cheel is watching Fulham and, Ar- and Liverpool. Fulham 1, Liverpool 1, Mo Salah with the penalty after Van Aldum's free kick blasted into the defensive wall. Kamara, the Fulham substitute, only just on the field, turning away. The ball clipped his elbow. Referee Andre Mar- 
Mariner decided he didn't even need VAR, pointed straight to the spot. No argument, Salah stepped up and drove a confident free kick low into the corner. It's Fulham 1, Liverpool 1. Now the Cork Minor footballers back in action in Tralee this coming Tuesday night as they take on Kerry. Cork Minor football losses. Bobby O'Dwyer, he's been chatting to Valerie. Joining me on the big red bench is All-Ireland winning minor football coach Bobby O'Dwyer. Bobby, does that title ever get old? <laughs> no, but we put it behind us, Valerie. It was a it was a lovely feeling this time last year, but it's 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 uh, we have a, another job for us now in the coming week, and that's all forgotten at this stage. All right, okay, but it is great news. The GAA is back free. Oh, it's wonderful, uh, and it's wonderful for the young lads in particular because uh, those boys, uh, it's it's every young player's dream to represent his county, and uh, I suppose it's their family dreams and the individual dreams and. These lads, I suppose, have been knocked a couple of times during the year uh, with, with the various lockdowns. And it's just a fantastic opportunity for them to represent their county and go out and play uh, the game of football that they love. How has it been over the last few weeks and months for you, Bobby, to try and remain, I suppose, positive that you will see sight of the game this year? Yeah, well, it, it, again, it was kind of, there was, there was a number of factors there, Valerie, because the, the, the young lads themselves were really looking forward to it and, and they got a shock with the first lockdown because uh, a young lad doesn't look beyond or a player doesn't look beyond the, the, the upcoming game. So it, we just kept ourselves busy during the during the first lockdown. But uh, the, the, the second lockdown was a bit of a sh- uh, kind of an additional shock for the, for, for the players. But they, they're just, they're a fantastic group of resilient uh, young men and uh their focus is on the game next week. Look, preparation hasn't been exactly as you, you'd like it to be, but that's the same for every county. But it's just the opportunity to wear the red jersey and go and represent your county, and it's just a fantastic chance. No, it is a great chance. And sitting it out over the last few weeks, maybe watching other sports continue, I know, did you were you able to meet up and train at any stage, or when were you allowed to do that? No, we're just back. We, we've uh, we're just back when when it was opened up there. I think the start of December there was there was no collective training uh, of any sort uh, allowed. So we're we're just back. We've we have two weeks to prepare to get ready for the the Munster semi final, and that's what we've done. It's it's probably going to be a massive challenge, not for only yourselves, but for every other team. Like preparations, and you haven't much time to prepare. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like the, the lads were all doing their own individual programs, and they were all working away in their own, which which takes an awful lot of self discipline, and it, it takes a huge commitment. So they were doing that, but uh, I, again, it was it, it is the same as you say for every county. But we just noticed the first night back at training, no matter how fit the young lads had kept the, kept themselves, and they all had been doing something, the step up to collective into county training is huge. So the, the, your first night back at training, you, you have to be so careful because uh, you have to cut back the volume of the training uh, again because the intensity levels, when these boys get cracky against each other, they are only 17 years of age, but it, it is incredibly intense inside the training. Did you feel like you were starting fresh again, not having seen them in so long? Yeah, that is. That, it's it's one of the challenges, uh, Valerie, because it, like the, the, there's a lot of work goes into preparing a, a team, a lot of work by the players, uh, and, and in terms of their own structure, the tactical side of it, uh, and all of that. And when you're not doing it on a kind of a consistent basis, it's like school. If you're not constantly revising, uh, a, a, you forget a lot of it. So it's just a case of getting them back in and focus on the two or three key things that you can do in the two weeks that we have now to prepare for the game, and uh, that's it. You concentrate, as you say, on the big rocks and everything else looks after itself after that great and I know that last year you got you probably got a view on how to be successful on that level and you know you can probably use that this year going forward yeah we we, we had a great opportunity last year I mean if you if you remember early on in the year we got a we got a bit of a rude awakening mm-hmm. uh, but we we got the we got in the back door which was fantastic for us and we got a chance to play football during the summer and I think that has been one of the challenges here in Cork for the last few years is that the, 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 the various teams were knocked out early on. So you weren't getting an opportunity to train and play over several months. And that, that's how players develop. Is the, the more often you do anything, the better you become at it. And that was a fantastic opportunity. And we, we learned an awful lot uh, playing in Munster last year, coming out of Munster, playing against the, the best teams in Ireland, getting an opportunity to play in Crow Park. And you do, you, you, you develop a lot of experiences along the way. And that does help you as you prepare for the, for the next campaign. You are facing Kerry. I know last year you did lose twice to them, but you did regroup yourselves. But what are you, what are you facing up again next week against Kerry? What are you expecting from them? 
Ah, we're, we're expecting a fantastic game of football. Uh, like we're under no illusions whatsoever that we're going down to face. Uh, we're going down to Tralee next week to face one of the best uh, football teams in Ireland. But uh, like we go down fully prepared uh, with ourselves, and we have to concentrate on what we can do. Uh, Kerry will bring a, a top class game of football because they are a top class county, and we respect them enormously. But we go down with a, a, a very good group of players uh, that are very resilient and we're going down to do a job as well. And on the situation of going to Kerry, I know now it's, it's so different due to COVID, uh, Bobby, that you probably need to drive and there's no buses needed. But when you think about it, some of these players probably don't even drive themselves. They're so young. Yeah, yeah. In fact, none of the none of the players, because it's under seventeen, uh, none of them uh, can actually drive uh, on their own, and they're coming from all over the county. So, yeah, it is one of the the, the downsides when you're dealing with a, a minor team, and and this is where parents and family uh, family members have been absolutely fantastic. The, the 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 commitment, getting to Cork for some of our players is a two hour drive for for, for training, uh, and they're doing that three times a week, uh, and there's families taking time off work to get to they get collect their school their lads from school and get up to training for whatever time we, we train and it's a huge commitment and likewise the, the logistical side of it for us to go to uh, Tralee next week is a challenge and it is a challenge because they're, they're coming from all over the county and Cork is a particularly big county but it's a challenge that we that we embrace and it's, it's something we're looking forward to. We don't get these opportunities too often so we're really looking forward to getting at it. Of course and parents are proud that their sons are on county panels so they'd love nothing more than to go it's just such a shame that they probably need to sit outside and not see a minute of the game Bobby that's tough as well yeah, it is very tough. I think the rules, the way it is with, with minor level is there's one parent allowed in uh, per, per, per child because there are, per, not per child, per player, yeah. because the players are under 18. But it, it is very, very hard. And, and it goes back to something I know that has been getting a bit of air time as well is is uh, the extended panel. Like we, we have, uh, you, you carry an extended panel of 30 plus players in, in, in your squad. We can only bring a match day panel of 24 but every single one of those uh, panel members are the lads who put pressure on everybody else and, and, and work so hard at training. And it's, it's disappointing for them and their families that they can't get to the game. But unfortunately, we, we are in a situation that we are with COVID and we have to respect the rules and we, we'll get on with it. But it is, it is tough on everybody, but a wonderful opportunity for everybody's family as well. No, of course. And as you mentioned that it is tough. And I think particularly at that age, you know, I think if you're a senior, you might be able to take it a bit more that you need to sit this one out. But when you're that age and you're mad to get on the team and you're maybe left sitting at home, that must be very hard to take. Yeah, it is. It's a funny one, Valerie. And not a not a funny one. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a serious point because if you, if you think we had thirty six guys inside in our panel and we we had to reduce the match desk panel to twenty four last night, so there were twelve lads uh, that that unfortunately didn't make the match day panel, and every single one of those players are the top players in their club. And it's probably the first time that they haven't made a, a squad or a team. And that's very, very hard to take. And that's where it's fantastic support. We would have spoken to the, the, the parents earlier on in the year because it, it, it was a real experience that we've got over the last couple of years. Is that the psychological side of it? Because it's the first time that those young men have ever not made a football team. And it's tough going for those. The opposite then is it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for the boys uh, who, who, make the, who make the team. And they're going down to represent their teammates on Tuesday. And I know they're looking forward to that. And they're, they're going to do the best job that they can for it. Exactly, and hopefully we'll see that change in a few weeks and all your panel will be able to attend because it would be nice in the lead up to Christmas and if you did make the final, you know, you would like all your panel to be there. But you yourself, Bobby, are you happy to back to be back? Were you sceptical about going back or were you, were you mad for road, I'd say? Oh, absolutely delighted to be back. Uh, I, I suppose anybody who's involved in sport, all, all you want to do is be on a football field and all you want to do is interact because the, the, these, these young lads are, are just, they're fantastic guys. They're incredibly resilient they're incredibly competitive and they look forward so much to coming to training. They look forward to the, the, the company of the other boys they get to meet because there's lads from Mitchellstone meeting lads from Castledown Bear. There's lads, lads from East Cork meeting West Cork. So they're from all over the county. They don't get an opportunity to meet other than at, at inter-county setups. Uh, and then it's wonderful to be able to work with such good guys and families because we would have a lot of interaction with families given the, given the age of our players. Well, Bobby, thanks so much for joining me in the Big Red Bench this week and we wish you the very best luck against Kerry, all right? Thanks a million, Valerie. 
Yes, Bobby O'Dwyer, Kerry uh, are the opposition. It's in Tralee. It's on Tuesday night. Very best of luck indeed uh, to Bobby and all the Rebels on Tuesday night. Uh, into time added on. 91 minutes on the clock now. Craven College. Fulham 1, Liverpool 1. Fulham have everyone back as Liverpool go in search of a late winner. But uh, they're huffing and puffing but not really uh, blowing any houses down at the moment. Are Liverpool and half-time in Tomlin Park as well. Munster are leading Harlequins by six points to nil. A bit of a tough slog there for the Reds, but they are ahead at the break. All right, uh, reaction now to come from Limerick. We'll get to that in a bit. But last night, Kilkenny uh, crowns All-Ireland Camogie champions after they beat Galway in the final in Croke Park. Valerie was there and spoke to Kilkenny's Grace Walsh. Grace, first of all, congratulations, All-Ireland champions. 2020, how does it feel? Oh, I couldn't even describe it to you, Valerie. Like, it's actually incredible uh, playing out there today. And do you know what? It's going to give us something to smile about when we look back in 2020. But it's been a tough year for everybody and a tough year for everybody involved and we never thought we'd have a championship and to come back I'd say year after year Grace after disappointment and losing three consecutive finals and to finally get over the line uh, yeah absolutely and do you know what it just shows the belief and the spirit that's in that group um, do you know we've so much belief and confidence in ourselves to come back after losing three All-Irons in a row and to win after the, probably one of the toughest years that everybody in the in the world has put down this year um, so it's, it's, it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant to be part of a panel I know the celebrations I think you're going to go down in history for the longest celebrations after a full time whistle are you? <laughs> oh probably do you know what we might never get there again so why not make the absolute most of it um, I suppose it's strange not having a crowd there but you know what it, it probably makes it even more special you're just together it's just it's just the team it's the family do you know that you've you've worked really hard with all year and, and you get to enjoy the moment with the people that matter the most yeah and it's nice for you all to go up individually and lift the cup I mean you know you were hoping that she'd be able to do that yeah exactly to get up there and you know to, to lift that cup Jesus uh, I didn't think we'd be back here again so so it was great looking down from above watching out the game Grace it looked like a really tough physical battle I mean bodies must be sore absolutely I think my uh, my legs are more sore from diving on the ground there in front of the hill rather than during the match but uh, against Galway every year it's always so so physical do you know I love playing against Galway um, and it's because the two of us hurl against each other do you know it's not a really tactical tactical game we all just want to go out and, and play hurling and and, and camogie I suppose that's what was done there today but it was physical it was tough it was fast um, and obviously enjoyable for us the last water break we could hear Brian above saying to you there's only 15 minutes come on the rest of your lives there's only 15 minutes girls I mean I was feeling hyper above so I can't imagine how hyped he got after his speech. Yeah, absolutely. Like 15 minutes left, it's going to be the last game game of the year. Why not put absolutely everything into it? We're after training like dogs now for the last few months. So do you know what? Everybody worked so so hard there, and you know, uh, thank God we came out on top. I know you're not going to be able to celebrate, but I'm sure you'll do it in true style when you can. Yeah, exactly. Once once we all get vaccinated now, and and this coronavirus gets the hell out of there, we'll be celebrating. That's a classic sure. nurse line now. Once we're all vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> Vaccination <laughs> Grace, thanks very much and enjoy the celebration. Thanks, Valerie. Yeah, it's Grace Walsh there speaking after uh, last night's win uh, for Kilkenny over Galway in that uh, All Ireland Camogie final. Um, finished 114 to 111 in Croke Park. It's all over. Craven College, Fulham 1, Liverpool 1 is how it finished in the Premier League. Going to get your report on that in a bit. Uh, first, uh, we're going to hear from uh, Kilkenny boss Brian Dowling. Brian, first of all, congratulations, All Ireland Champions 2020. I mean, what does that feel like? It's, it's unbelievable. Um, I don't know if it's hit, it's hit home yet. Uh, look, uh, just so happy for them girls out there. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, we're looking in from the outside maybe, and we've, we just haven't got over the line the last number of years. And just to finally do it now, you know, it's unbelievable. I was only involved with them last year. You know, I wasn't there the, the two years before that. And, you know, it's going back to the Red Cow Hotel la- last year it was just heartbreaking, you know. And I just said, there's no way we can. We we can feel that again and we're just absolutely over the moon now to all our champions. You have to see your reaction at full-time whistle. I think we all knew what it meant to you. <laughs> I know someone said that earlier on. I actually can't remember what, what I did or what I, I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully the camera wasn't on me to be honest with you. 
look, uh, I just, as I said, it's just so much relief. It's, you know, we've all put so much into this. Like, you just give up your whole life. But it's, you know, in moments like this, the whole thing is worth it. Like, you know, just, I know it's over a year now, but what a year, a difference a year makes. You know, the girls crying on the pitch, heartbreaking. If you dial played in Nash's other and come on, Nash's other and finally was taken off again. You know, and then she ended up prepared the match. Like, it just shows the character in these girls. Her sister Kellyanne, eight months from doing her cruciate, you know. She hasn't played a full match since March. And, uh, you know, the display she put in out there was absolutely incredible. Like, I know you probably don't care now with those goal chances. You probably don't care that they didn't go over because he won. But. Well, I wasn't too happy at the time, I'll tell you that. You know, there was a couple of goal chances and uh, I did feel we definitely need a one, if not two, to win this All-Ireland. And, uh, look, thank God Denise stuck it away. As I said, look, I don't care. If we had to win two points to one and we won, I, I wouldn't give a damn, you know. And, um, you know, obviously we, them goals would have been great, but, you know, we won, so that's the main thing. Three consecutive final defeats and I know you last winning in 2016. It's not exactly a lifetime ago, but it still means a lot. Yeah, but I think when you lose three when you lose three finals in a row, it feels like a lifetime. You know, it feels like you're never going to get there. You know, um, you know, some girls were, were doubting whether they're going to come back this year. Like, and, and to be honest, I wouldn't blame them. Like, you know, you don't, you can't guarantee you're going to help them get over the line. But look, I'm just so grateful. And Downey asked me in here two years ago, and uh, you know, I'm on record saying I, I turned her down because I think I was in so much shock. But something, something told me that I had to stay. I had to get involved with these girls. And last year it didn't work out. And when Anne, you know, stepped away and she said, "Would you be interested?" You know, I didn't have to think twice about that. And you know, it was one of the best decisions I ever made now. And um, I'm just so happy to be here for them. You know, it doesn't matter for me, but I had a uh, you know, brilliant backroom staff. And, but it's all just so happy them 36 girls now that they got what they deserve. And to see each and every one of them get the chance to lift the cup as well. Yeah, it's great. You know, it's, it's strange that we have to leave it here. You know, a few people text me there yesterday and today, make sure you bring the cup home. I said, yeah, we can't bring it home. So, you know, but look, I'm sure we'll, we'll get O'Duffy home uh, at some stage and we'll have a right celebration. And speaking of celebrations, I'd say years will go down the longest in history. Anyway, the girls sliding into the middle of the hill and everything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that was great. So I just maybe uh, comes up with these crazy ideas at times. So, look, but even like, you know, I just mentioned Grace there. Um, you know, we kind of changed our team around a bit for the final. We put her out there on Aoife who you know, who's a super player and you know Grace hadn't played midfield once for us all year but oh, she was absolutely fantastic today you know she was catching ball and she even scored a point there you know so um, but just shows what these girls do no matter what position I put them in they, they did a job for us and you know it was all part of the team Congratulations Thanks very much Thank you and That's Brian Dowling there of Kilkenny speaking after their win over Galway last night very very proud of his side's performance Still to come on the show going to start our look ahead to the All-Ireland Ladies Football Final we're going to hear from Kira Sullivan very shortly going to talk to Valerie about the All-Ireland Final and we're going to hear from Waterford uh, and from Limerick in just the next couple of minutes. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. Glad you joined us on the bench. Roy here with you until 7pm this evening. Our competition on the show tonight. We have a 25 euro voucher to give away to Supermax. You can visit supermax.ie to enter. Just text or WhatsApp 86 with your name the answer to this question. How many points did Limerick score in today's All-Ireland Final? How many points did Limerick score in today's All-Ireland Final? 86 8104106 with your name and uh, the answer to that question and we'll draw out the winner just before 7 o'clock before we hand you over to Alan Donovan with Green on Red who's here with three hours of the best in Irish music tonight from 7 until 10pm how many points did Limerick score in today's All-Ireland final you could be winning a 25 euro voucher with thanks to Supermax it's all over at Craven Cottage Andrew Chill. Fulham won, Liverpool won, Fulham dominated the first half and should have led by more than Deco Reed's well-struck right footer. Alisson three times and VAR once denied Fulham a second goal. Liverpool put Henderson into the back four of the break, forced some good, found some extra aggression and an equaliser courtesy of Mo Salah's penalty, awarded for handball without VAR. So Liverpool missed the chance of top spot, all told though, a fair result. Fulham won, Liverpool won. All right, going to get some reaction now from Croke Park. Going to hear first uh, from Waterford boss Liam Cal following their defeat to Limerick today. Uh, Liam, d- difficult evening and probably the, the scoreboard probably quite didn't reflect just uh, the opportunities you might have had within the game or the, the balance between the sides overall. Yeah, difficult, really difficult day. Um, but Limerick were, were really good for their victory, to be fair to them. Uh, really powerful outfit. And, uh, do you know, we picked, we picked a, a bad day really to lose our bit of consistency and uh, and our, and our uh, choices and decisions on the ball but I think that was maybe mainly down to the pressure we were playing under two from that from from the way Limerick were uh, coming at us so you know 
massive congratulations to Limerick. They're, they're a, a really, really good team, and uh, you know, I think they would have been uh, a real test for any opposition today. Probably a frustrating afternoon insofar as not being able to get into the rhythm of the game, being so reliant on freeze and place balls that you were never really allowed to find anything close to the rhythm we've seen from you over the course of the championship. Yeah, that's 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 absolutely correct. Like it's you know Limerick bring such a game plan that they have so many options and so many fellas you have to keep an eye on and they're creating this overlap and I suppose when you're concentrating on them so much it's very hard to, to implement your own game style. But you no, know, we came today to have a real cut and. Um, in fairness to my lads, I have to really, you know, really say that they, they right to the end. I know the scoreboard wasn't pretty at the end, but I know that they gave it everything. Looking in at the line from them, they, they emptied their their stomachs to try and, you know, cling in there and do do the right things. And it wasn't from the one to try in today. It's just that we met superior opposition. Yeah, just a, a last one for me. Obviously, I know it might not feel it to players at the moment, but so much achieved this year insofar as what we've seen from Waterford in previous years that there, there are green shoots that can be taken from 2020 albeit they're probably not that evident to a dressing room of players right now Ah yeah it's a clearly raw a raw place down there at the moment now to be fair but yeah look we'd like to think that we've made great progression this year but you know the real test of us will be next year now to see how we can build on that and make sure that that, that our progression stays on, on an upward curve all the time so um and that's a job of work for me and, and the management team again now to get down to it early next year and make sure that we try and unearth a couple of new players again and start giving ourselves more options. And uh, I suppose really looking at our whole strength and conditioning side of it as well to make sure that we can you know, physically um, improve and, and be able to try and match, match the likes of Limerick and other counties out there that are so physical uh, in the modern game. So yeah, big, big job of work ahead, but a good year and a good experience for a lot of them players down there today. Yes, Waterford boss Liam Cahill speaking after today's uh, 11 point defeat to Limerick in the All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship final here from Limerick in just a bit. Uh, Munster 6 0 up on Harlequin's second half just underway there at Tomond Park. A bit of a slog, a bit of a battle for the Red. Fingers crossed they can hold out and get that win in the Champions Cup. Going to look ahead to the All Ireland Ladies Football final. Cork playing Dublin this day next week. Fingers crossed they'll be celebrating a Cork victory, but. Uh, the big red bench's own John McCarthy has been speaking to Cork's Kira Sullivan about the game and of course uh, the semi-final victory and the, everything that went on there and what it's going to be like facing Dublin next week Kira O'Sullivan you're coming off a, a fantastic performance for Cork in the All-Ireland semi-final win over Galway where you scored 1-2 including a well-taken goal first of all congratulations on reaching an All-Ireland final and you must be absolutely delighted yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled, I suppose, from going to a year where it looked like there might be no football to be in an All-Ireland final now on the 20th of December. It's just unbelievable and we are delighted, I suppose, um, to get over the line and to get into another uh, final because semi-finals are just all about getting through and um, I think we put in a good performance yesterday to, to do that for us. One of your best games for Cork. Um, obviously, you've played three games to get to this point, but contributing 1-2 in the centre-forward position is a fantastic return. But Kira, your work rate and the work rate of those around you, um, it had to be at its best because you were up against a really well-organised defence. That, that's it. It was all about work rate and that's all what we spoke about beforehand. We said, you know, you can have days when you're missing shots, you can have days when you're, you know, missing balls, dropping balls, but there's nothing that can stop you working and that was really the, the focus right from the start from one fifteen. and I think you saw there at one stage in the first half Dirty Newman back and the full back line tracking Olivia Dibley, um, you know, which is just unbelievable to see for somebody who probably is known for her scoring. That's rather tracking back or anything like that but that you know goes to show what what it means and, and the work rate that's required from everyone because if we're not working on the pitch we know that there's plenty of girls on the sideline will come on and do it so we have to and I suppose I think that's, that's what won us first yesterday we made loads and loads of mistakes and loads to learn from going into the final but we couldn't be disappointed with the work rate from everyone on a personal level, you must be happy with your performances. You've you've gotten better over the three matches that I've seen you in the Cork jersey this year. And as I said, scoring one two is is a very very is a very important return. And the timing of your goal was important as well as it swing it swung things in Cork's favour. 
Yeah, well, um, I suppose we, um, when you're starting from a low base, you can, but only improve. But I suppose, yeah, um, delighted with how things have been going. And me and Melissa have always, you know, had, had great um, battles and competitions. So when I saw her score a goal, I said I'd have to do the same. I'd never, <laughs> never live it down from her. But no, um, I suppose, like, that goal, when I'm watching it back now, I... I was kind of thinking, gee, mate, was Saoirse in a better position than should I have given it? But maybe she was in the square, so I don't know. But they rare, I, I rarely get them, so yeah, I'll, I'll take it when I do anyway. Okay, Galway, done and dusted, into an All-Ireland final, and you know who you now get to face. Mick Bowen's Dublin team have been the form team over the last six or seven years, gradually improving with each passing year. The two best teams in the country, in my opinion, are in the final. Would you agree with that? And how excited are you about the prospect of facing them once again? Yeah, well, there's no, there's no question who the best team in in the country is. You know, the three-time All Ireland champions um, going for their fourth in a row would obviously would obviously be the top, and then we're delighted to to be currently, I suppose, viewed as second, and and hoping to change that. But um, we know, like Dublin, are a formidable team, and they're supposed to be reaching their seventh final in a row. Says enough about them. Um, obviously, watch them against Armagh, and you know, try to look at it. Not get too focused on Dublin or you know anything like that because we still had a big job to do. But I suppose we'll go back and look at that game now again uh, and see. But I suppose what I was hugely impressed um, by Dublin was the fact that Sinead Hearn went off so early and they still ground out a win without somebody um, of her stature. So that was very impressive. Yeah, much like yourselves, Kira, they have the people off the bench that can make an impact and make a difference. Um, and that's going to be vital in the All-Ireland final that Cork have the same uh, effect from the substitute bench. Definitely. And we saw that again yesterday. Like we had Ema Kiley there who literally ran herself into the ground yesterday and couldn't give any more. Uh, and then Dara, her sister, came on and, and, you know, picked up the same role again. And that's what you need, you, you know, if you see Livy Coppinger on a bench, um, you know, you'd be, you'd be wondering how is she not starting? Obviously, suffered an injury throughout the year and missed a bit of training, but to have her come in, like, I could name so many more of mm. the girls. Um, and I know it's been, you know, well publicized, the, the competition to not just get on the 15 or the 20, but to get on the, the match day panel. And I think it's no different with Dublin, but the players they've come on or that they have coming on would start in a lot of inter-county teams as well. A lot of preparation to be done between now and the All-Ireland final itself, but um, those training sessions with Paddy O'Shea and with Ify and with the backroom team are going to be as intense as ever, but that's the only preparation you can have when you're going up to face a team, like you said, um, as successful as the Dubs. Definitely, and I think that those hard training sessions um, and the AVB, the AVBs that we've had throughout the year are what has helped us improve from the Kerry game to the Cavan and, and game Galway at the weekend. Um, but we need to improve again. Like we played one challenge match in the year that was um, ironically against Dublin, and let's just say it didn't go great for us. So we're under no illusions that we have a lot of improving to do, and no doubt the lads will will pick um, you know certain things that we need to improve from yesterday and work on them and I, I think a two week build up to an All-Ireland final is just um, the perfect amount of time you know you've kind of a week nearly to, to recover from the, the tough semi-final and, and a week to work on the stuff you want to improve on so um, we're looking forward to the build up and, and nice run into Christmas Are you somebody that gets nervous before big matches like this you've played in so many for Moran Abbey and for Cork but do you still get nerves or are you just are you better at handling them all now? Um, no, I think I'm getting lost as I get older and I don't know, is that because I am getting older and, you know, you can't help but think, um, you know, not could this be your last one, but they're definitely getting fewer. You know, you look at the likes of Erica O'Shea yesterday and it's her first All-Ireland semi-final and she just gets lumped into Crow Park last minute. And, like, personally, I think in hindsight now, it's absolutely brilliant to have had her have a game there. Ema Coyley have a, a full game nearly there as well, the, the younger girls who haven't. But I was um, sickeningly nervous yesterday and it's funny the minute it gets changed to Crow Park, like the mindset, you know, straight away you're thinking, God, I'm not fit enough cook for Crow Park. So if you're like, oh, I was fitting enough for Parnell Park, but all of a sudden I'm not fitting enough for Parnell or for Co Park. So it's funny how how the mind works. But I was definitely very nervous yesterday, and I don't think it gets any easier with with age or experience. <laughs> 
Fair enough. And um, look, you have an All Ireland final to look forward to, and we're delighted for you and, um, and for the performances that you've been putting in yourself in a very talented Cork team. But before I let you go, Shane Ronane, uh, your Mornabi manager, has stepped down as Tipperary manager uh, this past week. Um, your reaction to that, and also the news that he'd probably he's now freed up to have more time to spend with Mornabi. But the success that he's had uh, with Tipperary uh, is just underlines his quality as a manager. Yeah, I suppose um, down through the years, uh, I couldn't have spoken highly enough of Shane. Um, I know from talking to him over the, the last two weeks, you know, he agonised over this decision and it wasn't one he took lightly. And I suppose from a selfish point of view, I just wanted to make sure that whatever decision he made, it meant he was staying with Morn Abbey anyway. Um, so he is, thankfully. But I suppose if you look at the record that Shane has with Tip in the space of four short years, um, to all Ireland titles, league titles, um, up to senior and from Division Three up to Division One, um, it, it's just unbelievable. But it's not surprising having worked with Shane. Um, I think he'd be a big loss to Tip given the how much he's brought them on and I suppose the respect um, that those girls have for him. But definitely big shoes to fill. Um, but I think you know a very tough decision for him, but one that he he's happy with now. And just finally, Kira, obviously, we wish you all the best in the upcoming All Ireland, you and all the Cork team in the All Ireland final against Dublin five days before Christmas. I mean, if somebody told you that at the start of the year, you wouldn't have won on how to answer it. But it is where you want to be, irrespective of the time of the year and a reflection of how Cork football is growing and getting stronger once again. Definitely. It's funny, I think, in years to come when we look back and you see that it was the 20th of December, you know, you're kind of wondering what was going on. But um, we're just delighted to be there. It's great for Cork football, I suppose, in a year where there wasn't, you know, underage where normally we'd have maybe the minors in an All-Ireland final or something. This is kind of all we have now this year. And and it's great to get the, the final stage, but I suppose it's not much good if we don't go all the way now so that'll be the focus over the next two weeks and doing everything we can to, to get over the line and I suppose if we're beaten by a better team on the day we can't have any complaints but we'd like to think that, that we are good enough to win and it'll just take um, a, a big performance obviously a lot of work rate and a bit of improvement over the next two weeks. That's Kira Sullivan there in conversation with Joe McCarthy ahead of the All-Ireland Final against Dublin next week. Fingers crossed we'll be celebrating a Cork victory uh, next week. So fingers crossed indeed for that one. All right, uh, 49 minutes on the clock at Tommen Park and Munster uh, continuing uh, to lead Harlequins by... Uh, six points to nil uh, we'll keep you up to date on that one so we'll uh, see uh, how Munster are doing but it is a bit of a battle there at the moment but going to talk uh, hurling now again I'm going to talk to Valerie Wheeler in just a second who is in Croke Park uh, still in Croke Park uh, following uh, Limerick's victory today in uh, the All-Ireland final they were absolutely in red hot form today 30 points uh, 219 win this afternoon was how it finished in favour of Limerick going to hear now from uh, Dermot Burns uh, following that win over Waterford Dermot, congratulations. Uh, remarkable winning margin. Probably exceeds anything you might have expected at the start of the day. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Like, I know Waterford would have their homework done on us and like, they brought everything, they turned everything else, but our execution today it was, it was absolutely incredible. Like, every chance we got, the lads absolutely killed it up front. And like that was down the last day against, against Galway. Like, we did everything right, but the execution were building wides and stuff, but the lads up front were... Unbelievable today. Just from the off, it, it was remarkably composed. How much has the experience of the last couple of years stood to you? Because you didn't look like a team that were remotely daunted with the, what it was that was at stake. Like it does, it does stand sure, but sure, this is all, this is all new to everyone. Like you know, last time we were here, we had, were eighty-two thousand plus people uh, in eighteen, and last year in the semi-final as well. So this is new experience for us and for Walford and for everyone that came here in the last couple of weeks. So you're trying to manage that new experience, new challenge and we embraced it and thankfully I know the cup or whatever they're doing I don't know but it, we know it's in Limerick spiritually and, uh, yeah. it'll be a much different experience the last time you decamped to City West and made a night of it what uh, did the next, do you have any idea what the next couple of hours lie in store at all is it all back to relative normality on the train now we probably might get some food downstairs inside the cardboard box <laughs> and uh, on the train back to Limerick so and then we're separate ways like we have to follow the guidelines there there we're still in level 3 and we understand that too there's a lot more things serious happening outside of this but we're lucky we have the opportunity to bring this sport to people at home and bring them some joy I know there's tens of thousands of Limerick people my father rang me before the match and he was like 
you mightn't have the crowd today but there's tens of thousands of Limerick supporters all around the world supporting you so we know that too yes Derek Burns hope you got that food in the cardboard box after the game uh, following today's win over Waterford Limerick in red hot form particularly in that second half um, a fantastic performance uh, from them as they were crowned All-Ireland champions Valerie Wheeler was there watching it I think Valerie actually lives in Croke Park I'm not entirely sure now about that Hi, hi, can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me there? Um, come here, Valerie. That was uh, a, a red hot performance from Limerick today. Clinical and fully deserved champions today. Look, fully deserved champions, Rory. I don't know. There's a lot of people that didn't have any doubt that they'd probably come out this side and be all Ireland champions. I think that they'd so much hurt from last year. You know, I think that Limerick feel like they probably should be going for their third in a row this year. They're still really upset by the semi final last year. So I think that they just all through the year they didn't. You know, they were kind of starting off poor and kind of it took them a while to get going. But today they, from the get go, from that whistle, Rory, it was all systems go, and they just played so well. I mean, so many. Players stood up that you could be calling out all day, but Garrod Hegarty really was just something else today. I mm. like for his height and his build and everything. He's just got everything going from him. The talent that he has is unbelievable. But it was a great final. I mean, the pitch in Croke Park, I think it's kind of, I don't know if you could see on the television, but I think it's kind of getting to the stage yeah. where people are like, okay, there's been so many games on it, you can see being a bit withered, you know? Yeah. But, but it was look it's a great final and as everyone keeps saying I think we just were so privileged to be able to have it and for us to keep us entertained over the last few weeks and to keep all the players and everyone safe has just been great for the GA yeah it's been fantastic to see it go off uh, without a hitch and as you were mentioning on Twitter today the fact that you were there to witness it as well is very very special no it was and I like Part of me got a bit emotional when I came up earlier because I just felt like you feel like you're a bit of a fraud here sometimes, Rory, because, you know, you know that there's family and friends that, that are at home and they're dying to see their loved ones lift the Lee McCarthy. And, like, I do feel completely honoured and it's not that I, you know, I don't want to be rubbing in anyone's face that I was here, but it was extra special to be here. I mean, it's a historic year. I, there'll be none like it, you know. Hopefully next year, once the vaccines do roll out, we will all be back to normal and the tickets for the league will be hot and, you yeah. know, everyone will be mad just to get out to games and mad to get out to concerts and wherever they want to go. But to be here was really special and to witness a performance like Limerick, you know, what they were just, yeah. they were just too good for Waterford because Waterford didn't die either, you know. No. They still battled it out to the very end, Rory, so... And a lot of credit has to go to Waterford this year as well from where this came in the start of the year. When Liam Cahill came in the start of the year, everyone was questioning what he did. Oh my God, you dropped Noel Connors, you dropped Morris Shanahan. What is he doing? And look where he got. Like, you know, everyone was kind of going mad when he first came in and did that. But it was probably easier for an outsider to come in from Tipperary into Waterford and make those hard decisions. And they obviously paid off, you know, and they are thereabouts and they're still a young team as well. And there'll be plenty of them that'll be back again next year. And it's just unfortunate. My heart goes out for Tyke de Borca. Yeah, look, he picked up a look what looked like a knee ligament injury. He was in considerable pain. Now he went off under his own steam, and uh, he was replaced. Uh, but that was a huge blow for Waterford, and maybe a psychological one. Huge, a huge blow. Like he's he's one of their top players. You know, he's he's so solid back there, and he, it's like when I think when that happens, and when you probably are gonna in your head, you know that okay, I have the full match, and I have Tyke de Burka behind me, and then when you lose that player and you lose that support, I think that could really knock you as a player. I mean, if you knew that you had Tyke de Burka behind you, I think you'd be laughing the whole way through the game. Well, but now when you lose him, I think it was a big thing. And in fairness to Tyke, he knew. Um, I was only speaking to Tommy Wall afterwards and Tommy said to me that though what Tyg did when he knew he'd come off was amazing as well he was like oh, he jumped back up and he just went off with no big hullabaloo because yeah. he said alright this could rattle the team if I take any longer if I make a big deal of this or if I'm upset coming off and he did look and I know the camera swung to him a couple of times and he did look devastated in the stand because every player look you play they've been bursting bursting themselves a train for the last few months and to get here in the big day and for them that to happen to you was just so disappointing and Tiger Burke has had his injuries down to yeah. the years so I was just devastated from what happened no one deserves that in a big match day No hopefully he recovers quickly uh, Harlequins have gotten a try it's Munster 13 Harlequins 7.57 minutes gone on the clock at Thoman Park just on the game itself today Valerie um, Limerick were excellent in the first half but Waterford wouldn't go away Waterford weren't at their best but there was only three points in it at the oh. break what was said by, by the Limerick management at, at half time because they came out like a train and they were just irresistible. 
Yeah, no, they came out in the second half and they had four points with no reply. And I think it was like the 41st minute before um, Waterford got a score on the board and that was from a free from Stephen Bennett. And, you know, Limerick were keeping Waterford in the game with all the frees they were getting. But I must say, like, Gerard Hegarty had a huge second half. Aaron Gillan was immense. Like, Tom Morrissey, like, they were just unbelievable. And when you think about it, Rory, it's kind of scary when you think these lads are only 23 and 24 years of age and they're going to be around for a lot longer, you know. Um, but I don't know what happened. What was said, I don't know Does anything need to be said. You know, when I mentioned to John afterwards, I don't know if you've heard it yet, but I asked him, can you finally tell me now, John, what the symbol in the back of the jersey means? Everyone's been talking about it. Limerick has had this little symbol in the back of their jersey, if anyone didn't know about it. They've kind of, it just appeared in this year's championship. And he said, no, that's for us to enjoy now. So I was like, fair enough. So, you know, I think they want to stay tight-lipped on it. And that's something sentimental that they'll always have and that no one else will know. And I think that's special as well. And maybe something like that, if we were saying if something like that if you saw that symbol and you know what it was and you saw it in front of you in the back of someone else's jersey maybe that's what drove you on like who knows but I presume like John John has been such a great manager you know look at what he's done for did for Limerick Hurling but he's also got an amazing background team with Paul Knurk and you can't forget the mentioning of I've, so of course her sports psychologist Caroline Curd like she has plenty of All-Irelands to her name now as well not only has the team and like something like that obviously last year they didn't have her and this year they have her and they're back winning All-Ireland so you'd just love to know like what what and how special and especially Declan Hannan mentioned her in you know when players are mentioning you in their speech you know there's something special there like yeah exactly yeah alright just a quick easy one to, to wrap up before we go away who's your hurler of the year? Yeah. oh I'm going to say Gerard Hegarty yeah I am. I'm going to say Gerard Hegarty. I just think he's been so amazing. Seven points in play today and like, I don't know, you couldn't. And I know it's a misfortune and everyone will be roaring and saying, no, it's Tony <laughs> Kelly. No, give it to Tony Kelly. But I think, I I don't know, I just think Gerard Hegarty, he was definitely, but he was just so immense and like fair play to him. I think it's such um, a hard thing to do to come back after last year's defeat and I think Limerick Hurling is in such a safe place and it's scary as a Cork yeah. supporter, Rory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll be back eventually, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. All right, Valerie, thanks for that. Go warm up and thanks for that. Thanks, Rory. That's uh, Valerie Wheeler there in Croke Park reporting on Limerick's uh, victory today. All right, Munster 13, Harlequin 7 is how things stand at the moment. All right, going to get some uh, team news from the two Premier League games uh, this evening. Going to start with the Emirates where Arsenal entertained Burnley. Joshua Adudonkar has the team news. Still make one change from last week's derby loss. Mohamed El Nelly returns, replacing injured Thomas Partey. There's no room for Deva Luiz on the bench. Lucas Pepe is out serving his last game of free match ban. As for Burnley, it's an unchanged side from last week's 1-1 draw to Everton. Robbie Brady and Jay Rodriguez leads the line for the Clarets. Burnley aiming for their first away win of the season. It's Arsenal versus Burnley at the Emirates. And it's Leicester City and Brighton at 7.15. That's at the King Power Stadium. Nikesh Uragani is there. The big news tonight is that Wilfred Ndidi makes his first start for Leicester City since September after a long injury layoff. James Madison and Jamie Vardy also return for the Foxes after being rested for the Europa League game on Thursday. As for Brighton, three changes from their lineup that lost to Southampton. In come Morpai, Jahan Baksh and Byrne. A win for Leicester tonight would see them go third in the table, just a point behind Tottenham and Liverpool. Brighton, meanwhile, are desperate to put some distance between themselves and the drop zone. That's a 7.15 kick-off and the results from today. Southampton 3, Sheffield United 0, Crystal Palace 1, Tottenham 1 and Fulham 1, Liverpool 1. Uh, the winner of our competition on the show this evening, we had a €25 Euro voucher to give away with thanks to Supermax. You can visit supermax.ie. Uh, we asked a very simple question. How many points did Limerick score today? In the All-Ireland Final, the answer was 30. The winner is Joseph McNamara. Congratulations, Joseph. Enjoy that voucher with thanks to supermax.ie. All right, we are out of time. Thanks very much indeed for tuning in to us on The Big Red Bench. We're back next weekend for our last shows before Christmas. Exciting times. And uh, it's going to be a big weekend as well with Cork in the All-Ireland Final against Dublin, as we heard from Kiro Sullivan a short time ago. So fingers crossed uh, we'll be celebrating a Rebels victory. There'll be more previews uh, on the show next Saturday. All the reaction on Sunday. And Jeremy McCarthy will have a special Ladies Football podcast 
Uh, available on redfm.ie, redextra.ie, and on the Big Red Bench podcast as well. So be sure and subscribe to that. Uh, that'll be on Thursday. Uh, our show online will be online in the next couple of minutes if you missed it. And if you missed any of last night's show, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcast. You'll find it there or from wherever you get your podcast. Alan Donovan's up next with Green on Red. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, folks, and we will talk to you next Saturday. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.